Well, welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I am Bishop Sean Cooper, and I tell you it's a joy to share with you here on Legacy Leadership Alliance. Legacy Leadership Alliance is a podcast dedicated to emerging generations and thought leaders for legacy transference in the marketplace, educational systems, and religious institutions. Legacy Leadership Alliance for points of light are mentorship, PK Alliance, and pastoral infrastructure. Well, blessings and welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I'm Bishop Sean Cooper, and it's always a pleasure to share with leaders, leaders. And I also have a special guest uh, here with me that, let me tell you something, you guys are going to be blessed. Uh, He's an incredible man of God, businessman, educator, uh, you name it. And that is none other than my good friend, uh, Pastor Antoine Butler. How you doing, Pastor? Oh, blessed Bishop. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm, hey I'm, I'm really blessed because you're here. Uh, you are here. And, um, of course, we're going to talk about uh, mental health and, and, and um, that whole dynamic. But I, I just want to just tell these wonderful people, uh, Brother Butler, Pastor Butler, uh, is a, the CEO and founder at Dream Big Counseling consulting and training services, uh, LLC, and also trainer, uh, presenter at uh, licensed clinical social worker. That's that's what he does as well. And then of course, he's got a doctor's degree in philosophy, also theology. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're the doc twice. Man. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. And what I, I want to ask you, first of all, just at the jump, how is it possible for you to do all of what you do? You're a pastor, um, you, you do training in terms of social workers and training as it relates to them, and you got degrees, a, a degree in theology and, and then philosophy. Um, your husband, you got three boys. What mean it this? How do you do it? <laughs> Man, how, how you do all that? Yeah, Bishop. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say I'm so blessed to be on with you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to sit here with you. Um, I, you know, I'd be, I would be dishonest if I didn't say primarily it's the grace of God. Yeah. You know, uh, you have to have grace to operate in certain disciplines. And I think the second thing is you got to be disciplined. Yeah. Uh, every single hour of my day is planned. It's, yeah. 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 So. Well, it, it takes uh, what you said is the grace of God, yeah. and I'm, I totally agree with that, that it takes the grace of God to do what we do. Whatever anointing, yeah. gift, call, a purpose that God has called us, um, we have to first realize it's the grace that gives us the capacity and power to do it. Yes, sir. And secondary is that we got to have extreme good time management. And for me, um, passion management I think is important as well mm. because I'm like you, the multiple things that God has called me to do. Mm. And when I wake up in the morning, I got to pray and ask the Lord, uh, what is priority? I, I want to hear your story. And I think that people need to hear your story yeah. because it's, it's the glory in the story or the story in the glory. And I think um, your background, how you was raised and how you you're able to come to the place you are in ministry and in business but if you don't mind just uh you know 
uh, give us a, the story. Yeah, yes, sir. So um, I'm, I am the extreme example of the mercy of God uh, on a person's life. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. Um, that's where I grew up. I, I actually got here uh, to Shreveport in 2005 by way of Grambling. Um, but I grew up on the streets of Tampa, Florida. Um, both of my parents were heroin addicts. And so, um, you know, grew up in uh, the projects yeah. and, um, man, the harshest part of our, our city. That's kind of where, you know, I bounced to and fro. And so uh, a lot of my childhood and teenage years were spent in homelessness. Um, I slept in abandoned buildings, you know, cars. Wow. Um, I would sleep on uh, park benches, um, and so my my uh, my father died um, early in my life, hmm. and uh, we didn't really have a relationship. But it was actually he was actually the first person I ministered salvation to before he died. Man, yeah, that was the most intimate moment we that ever had. That is, that yeah. is profound. That I is... was barely saved. Mike, <laughs> I just got saved. Man, that is that is that is that is what we call thought provoking. I mean, wow. But go ahead, man. Yes, sir. That, that is, man, that's beautiful. Yes, sir. And so, and my mom was struggling with um, her drug addiction. So actually my, you know, my mom and I, we sold drugs on the streets together, got in trouble together, which ended up being a beautiful story because my mom is a minister in my church now. Man, look at yeah. that. Look at yeah. God. Holy <laughs> yeah. God. Holy God. And so, you know, I had a lot of pain growing up, Bishop. Um, I was taken advantage of, of as a lot as a child. Yeah. Um, been through physical abuse uh, by multiple uh, adults, I've been bounced from foster care to foster care placement across the country. Oh, God. Um, victim of rape and molestation by a family member. Um, so if there was a bottom of life, I was at it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, had a criminal record. Uh, it was interesting because I graduated from high school. You needed a 1.5 to graduate from high school. Well, I was almost 20 when I graduated from high school. But wow. you needed a 1.5. I graduated with a 1.50000. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the only thing that kept me interested in school was sports, was basketball. Yeah. So I did play that. And so I didn't know what to do with my life after I graduated from high school. I was staying with a friend's brother when uh -huh. I graduated. So were you born again then? Or did you give? No, Not, you wasn't. I wasn't. That okay. was, this was early on. It wasn't until around. Uh, 21. I got you. I got uh, you. And I'm gonna share that story in a minute. Uh, the man that introduced me to the Lord. Um, oh, that was 19. That's how old I was. I was getting. Also, you. Uh, I don't mean to. No, no. Up, go but you that are listening, if you, if you hear uh, noise in the background, Damn. it's storming. <laughs> so, uh, so it's 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 not. It's just rain. Yes, so sir. I, I want to tell you that. But go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, so I um, was trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um. A guy introduced me to going to the military. And so I went down to the recruiting station. Um, I was getting ready to go into the Air Force. But unfortunately, I had a record. And so in, back then, I don't know how it is now, wow. you couldn't go with a record. Yeah, yeah. And so my uh, recruiter, which was Sergeant Rouse, Rouse says, we got to see if we can do something about this. Because I took the ASVAB, which is the military test. Right. And I scored really high on it. And so he took me before the judge, and he was like, look, we got this kid, scored really high, he's got a horrible background. The judge expunged my record. Wow. So it doesn't look like anything is on my record. Wow. So I swear in once. I get ready to swear in twice. Two weeks before I swear in, I'm hanging out with my high school friend, waiting to go to the military, with his brother, who's an assistant coach at a junior college. Come on. We're sitting in the stands, 
I'm watching this practice with my friend's brother. One of the players gets hurt during the practice. So the brother who's assistant coach says to the head coach, hey, let this guy fill in so he gets <laughs> back because he played a little high school basketball. Yeah. So I fill in the practice. The head coach like, hey, you can play <laughs> yeah, a little you, bit. Yeah, you got some skill. Yeah. What's up? Come yeah. here for a semester. I'll give you a full ride. Wow. So, Man, that is so providential. <laughs> that is so staged by God. But go ahead, man. I'm just, I'm just blown away with God's fingerprints being on your life. But yes, go ahead, sir. man. This is great. So I uh, go to that. I go to that uh, uh, college called Hillsborough Community College. I get a scholarship the next year. I meet a guy on the basketball team. I start living with him and his parents. The first holistic family I had ever wow. seen. Living there for a little bit. He goes to a college in Missouri a year ahead of me. That same university watches me play in community colleges and offers me a scholarship to go play at Southwest Baptist University. Wow. I go there, Southwest Baptist University. The whole campus is Christian. I don't even know I'm going to a Christian school. All I know is I got it. <laughs> hey, you just, hey, I just, you just I'm want going the scholarship. To I'm going That's, to who? playing basketball. Wow, man. Providence. If God could not have... Or, before I went, bitch, I skipped this, but before I went, I was staying with my assistant coach, the kids uh, who I knew, his brother. I was staying at their home. They had a, he had a JUCO transfer from New Orleans named Moses Cage III, huh. who's a lawyer in Dallas right now. He's born again, 19, hmm. believer. I'm staying there. Young soul. He introduces me to God. That's why I was provoked by what you said about what's going on with the young people. Yeah. He, he used to take me into the room every day. He'd open up the Bible. He, he introduced me to gospel music. Mm. And God began to speak to me. I was 19. That's when I gave okay. my life to the Lord. Um, so I had a, a yearning. Yeah. Because he, he, he put the seed there. Right. But I got to this Christian college. Everybody loved God. Mm -hmm. I got these classes. I got these teachers. They introducing me to, to, uh, to chapel. I had, never, I, had not, I had never grown up in church. So I wasn't familiar with these things. And God began to speak to me. One day I'm sitting in my dorm room with some of my teammates. Creflo Dollar comes on the screen. I never heard of Creflo Dollar. They used to call me uh, Creflo Pimp. I never knew what that was. <laughs> that ain't right, man. It ain't right. <laughs> yeah. But I look, and, and, and as he's preaching, something like a fire burns in me. Yeah. And I told my friend's name was Ed Walker. He was sitting next to me. I said, man, I think I'm supposed to be that. Wow. I'm supposed to preach. And it was that, and so I had. You can see it, and 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 generally that's how God deals with us when it comes to part of our purpose and our destiny, because if we can see it, we can be it. Yeah. And God give us these pictures. Yeah, that's what of it was. association. That's right? what it was. And and it's just amazing that it it agrees with your spirit, and it's it's funny because how God raised us up is um, generally some of the most difficult things we've been through becomes a part of our ministry, yes, sir. you know, and you're thinking about um, you being a licensed, not just a social worker, but a train, a trainer of social workers, right. of kids and families that's, that's uh, in crisis and mental health issues uh, in their life. And you've been through all of that. Right. But God cleaned you up. Right. And he saved you at 19, right? And you've been through everything. I mean, just your story is, is evident that there was great pain. There was great anguish. Mm. That there was uh, a sense of fatherlessness and, 
and selling dope with your mom. Right. You know that. I mean that. Right. That's a rare dynamic. But now you're whole. You're educated. Well, friend, I pray that you've been enjoying Legacy Leadership Alliance podcast. I wanted to take a moment and chime in to see if you would partner with Legacy Leadership Alliance. And you say, how can I do that, Mr. Cooper? How can I partner with Legacy Leadership Alliance? Well, first of all, if you can take the link and copy and send it to your Twitter feed, Facebook, you can even copy the link and email it to leaders. We all need to be inspired on this leadership journey. The second, please subscribe and leave a review. That would be helpful. Well, let's go back into the podcast. You've got a great family. You're a minister of the gospel. You transforming the community. That is quite thought provoking, man. And now I see. Of course, I, I knew it right. before. Yes, sir. Your your depth of gratitude and your humility testifies, right? to the greatness of God, what God has done for you. Because let's be honest, um, people that hold positions that you have right now um, has lost that sense of gratitude mm. and drunk with arrogance, mm. right? But you got degrees, you got position, you got power, you got notoriety, um, people respect you in the city, but yet you have this, this humility that is such a mark of God's grace and it teaches us yeah. that, you know, if we can stay grateful, you know, of where God brought us from, if we can stay clay in his hands, um, that he would use us yeah. and make a, a lasting uh, impartation. Yes, sir. So, so man, it, it's, it's a whole lot, a lot of questions I want to ask you. Sure. And I don't want to steal all your time. <laughs> you know, you're good, Bishop. But uh, you are a mental health professional. Um, this is part of your field and there's been a lot of crisis with mental health from the children to um, parents um, the business world I just you know there are certain people that's committed suicide in the last couple of weeks that we wouldn't have even thought that they were going through anything and not only that when we move into the ministry that even pastors uh, are committing suicide I've never you know I got saved when I was young, like you. I was uh, 16, and I'm 56 right now. I'll be 57 in March. Amen. But I've never have seen so much mental anguish, lack of peace, uh, emotional confusion in my life in the last five years, in the totality of my salvation, the last maybe five to seven years. Something shifted, man. Yeah. And on the, the spiritual tip, we know that uh, there's demonic acceleration that the enemy is killing and destroying. We know that. But also on the natural side, um, there's a lot of trauma going on, depression. Um, so what I want to ask you, um, what, do you what do you think is, is happening in the whole realm of mental health. What do you think is, is going on? What are the causes that's affecting people so deeply now? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a multifaceted question, Bishop, and it's a, a loaded question, but I'll, I'll give you some of this, the nuances, at least, that I've had the opportunity to experience because I do work on both sides, per se. Okay. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. 
the word of the Lord says, sin will wax worse and worse. So we are the direct result and product of the times and the seasons. Yeah. And so there's a multiply, multiplying effect of those consequences, obviously, through media, which we haven't always had. Right. I mean, I'm working with people, Bishop, who are clinically depressed and never left their home. They got depressed and suicidal watching television. Mm. That that used to happen. Right. So so we so we see those effects. Um So so let me let me let me just just go ahead. Um uh, piggyback on that. So you're saying that social media has been such a grip. Just media. It it is so dismantling people's thought life that they are not even coming out of the house. Yes, sir. And in that whole sphere that they're they're um, living in, it is causing them to be so depressed. They're not leaving the house, and they're just thinking about suicide. I mean, is 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 that the case? One of the the issues that's going on. That is the case, and media moguls are taking advantage of it. I don't want to call names, but look at the people who are pioneering. Uh, the technology realm, they're creating platforms mm -hmm. for people to live in mm. and never leave your home. You got a made-up wife, made-up children, made-up living space, made-up job inside of a virtual reality. Your mind is not made that way to differentiate the, the, the real and the unreal in such a fashion. It will start creating realities for you based on the information that you get. That's why Jesus said, be careful of your eye, make sure that it's single enough stuff start coming in there starts creating realities for you right so there's people who never leave that couch mm -hmm. and and have lived there have lived uh six months two years of a life inside of a computer never left the home and right. have real consequences of that i watch my grandkids and when they come in they give me a hug and and say they love me and they may want a snack and the next thing they're going to ask a device yes can i have your computer can I have your laptop? And it's like, it's an addiction. It's, yeah. And I remember when I was going to school and I used to come home, the TV was our addiction. Yes, sir. You know, we wanted to watch Bugs yes, Bunny. Sir. And I don't know if you remember Speed Racer. Yes, sir. Oh, man, yes, wait, sir. back in the day. Yeah. We yes, speed. And we were glued to the TV. Right. But something is different in this generation. It's almost like an excessiveness a more degree of almost a possession. Yeah. I mean, they get like locked in it. Right. Um, what do we, how do we combat that, you know, as parents and so that it doesn't affect them mentally, emotionally, and um, spiritually? Yes, sir. Uh, and I'll speak to this. I think one of the major differences between us watching Bugs Bunny and what they watch now, it truly for us was recreational. Yeah. And the, what was being promoted was recreation. Of course, there was subtle things that were going on that we weren't aware of, but but these things that they're watching now are purely meant for mind control. But, you know, so I'm, I'm going to talk about, I'll say some things that are very practical. This is going to sound overwhelming, micromanaging, and even egotistical by a parent. Mm -hmm. But that's the things that we're called, called to yeah. them. Like, my kids, all of my kids' devices, like, I have an app on my phone I can see every single thing my kids do. Mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. kids can't even download an app unless they get permission from me. Right. Right. So I think it's small things like that and uh, undergirded with teaching. I teach, teach my kids, when you watch this, this is exactly why they made this 
commercial. Right. My kids ask me all the time. Like my oldest son, he'll ask me. He'll say, he say, God, what? Is, I said, Dad, what is what is the devil trying to do through this song? Like, what is he trying to teach me by telling me that? He'll ask me those questions now. Right. But it's because we had to teach it. So if we can teach them, right, right. I got they you. can make the decisions okay, without me. Okay, so now this is very important, what you're saying. I mean, it's very, and you that are listening to um, to us here on uh, Legacy Leadership Alliance, I think we need to lean in into what you are saying because you're coming from experience, and then also from the professional side right. as well. Um, and then from the spiritual as well. Yes, sir. So you you touching on all necessary dynamics for our life and our children so we can, we can create a guard. Regardless of what's going on, I believe biblically that God has, has put in the wisdom, um, the information, that regardless of what a society may yes. be going through, uh, we can be like a Daniel yes. or a Shadrach, Meshach, right. and Abednego, right? right? Um, that regardless of what's happening external, it doesn't mean it has to penetrate and corrupt us. That's right. Although we may be in a corrupt generation. Right. Um, mm. But you said it. You said mm. something here about our discipline as parents and the, the instructions and the teaching because most parents are not leaning in into that those guards. And so do you think, what do you think we need to do as the body of Christ as well? Because it's not only secular kids right. are being influenced and people, but also people in the church. Right. And it seems like our children, uh, there's a disconnect when it comes even with ministry of putting up these principles and guards in ministry to protect right. them. What do, you, what do you suggest we do? Um. I think, uh, uh, first of all, that disconnect extends beyond the borders of ministry. I think we feel the effects in ministry so much more because we care more and because of our responsibility That's in ministry. That's good, yeah. I think what happened, Bishop, uh, one of the major things that happened, this is Antoinology. Yeah. I, 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 I do, I'm a historian by passion. You talked about yeah, passion. Yeah. That's what I spend my time doing if I ain't doing nothing yeah, else. Yeah. Research. In the during the civil rights era, we had this family unit, mm -hmm. and this and there was this forum to pass down information from generation to generation. We could be transformational that way because all the generations were in the room, right? Mm -hmm. So a father or a grandfather could pass down information to a fifteen-year-old, right? Right. It was it was it's a wonder that the people doing the civil rights movement could do, movement could do all they could do with no resources. That's right. But they were able to pass down that information. We got all the resources and money now, but no vision. That's right. So what happened was the grandfather could say something to the 15-year-old, pass this information out, and he can embrace that and make that part of his personhood. Right. Now there's a disconnect between the 50-year-old and the 15-year-old. The 50-year-old tells the 15-year-old, pull your pants up. The 15-year-old sticks his middle finger up and tells him where he can go. Mm -hmm. Creates the disconnect, right? And then we can't pass down the information that's needed for your generation. So how are human beings geared? Primarily to get my information from my family unit. If I don't get it there, by DNA. Mm -hmm. The next person I go to is my peer group. Mm -hmm. That's why these peers have created their own subcultures and they're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. So if the church is going to really be influential for young, with young people, and I think we got to start with young people. Yeah. If we're going to be influential with young people, we got to find out how to be a part of these subcultures they're created. We're not going to dismantle them. They're here to stay. 
Right. So how can we be a part of the subculture that we created so that they can see that we're bringing value to that subculture? Right, right. We can bring this valuable information in creative ways to say, hey, y'all are a part of this technology era, but we want to teach you some things that we've learned. That's right. That's right. And that you can value. What happens when you... Uh, uh, watch this commercial. You got this whole CD playing in your car. What did you learn? What was the central message that was taught to you? How is information processed in your soul and right. your psyche to control who you become? They will listen. Right. But but so, and and so I think in some ways we bring back that connect. And what you're talking about is 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 real um, intentionality. You know, that's what I hear you saying as pastors, leaders, uh, people in the body of Christ in the church is we're going to have to be more targeted and intentional to create these defenses for our children as well as offenses. Mm. You know, like I was thinking about Deuteronomy 6 when you were talking about the Bible says, uh, speaking to the Jews, that, you know, uh, basically paraphrase, uh, tell your children when they walk by. Write it on the door post of your home. Yes, sir. They put those phylacteries yes, sir. around their head to remember the Ten Commandments. There was there was more um, intentional engagement and strategy uh, to make sure that the time that they spent with their kids was not like Johnny, go play outside, right. or here I'm here, I'm gonna give you this tablet right. so you can leave me alone. Right. You know, it it, w- it was more intentional that the very homes the the pictures on the walls had scriptures and you know it everything was calculated it was it was very intentional and what i hear you saying is that we're gonna have to lean in on these strategies you know as a pastor and of course you have you got you have an incredible church as well um it's never really been and i thank god for that uh building a church is just about the numbers or the influence that I had in the city or the title. Um, it was not the rank, it was the role. Mm. The role that you play mm. in the lives of your people. And it was the dirty work, like <laughs> development, right? That's the dirty work. <laughs> and training. Yep, training so. is, is totally different. So. I mean, I could tell, I used to tell my son, um, you know, go cut the grass. Well, he just watched me by observation. Training is saying, uh, I'm going to teach you how to cut the grass. I got to teach you how to, you know, to put the, the gas in the lawnmower, how to mix, you know, the oil and the gas in the, the weed eater. Yes, and, and then I remember him with the push mower and he would never do a straight line. Yeah. It'd be crooked. And yeah. I'd be so frustrated. I'd be saying, no, do it this way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got three boys. You know what I'm talking about. You know, do That's it. That's why I'm laughing. That training piece. <laughs> yeah. Our forefathers had it ingrained mm. that you don't just teach you train. Training, when I used to box, I, I remember, man, when we used to box, the first thing they taught you how to do is throw a jab and shadow box. They didn't put you in the ring. Right. But they, you know, you, you, you learn how to twist and right. put your, your, your waist in there and, right. you know what I mean? Right. And, and have balance. And you just was in the mirror for almost months, right. just throwing punches. Right. Well, well, that that was that was that was preparation for the training. The real essence is when you got in that ring, mm, right? No lights came on. Okay, then that, that's when you really. And this is how we knew whether you was a boxer. Yeah. If you get hit in the nose <laughs> real hard, yeah. and you stay in the ring, yeah, it means that 
not only can we train you, but you got you got the internal mechanisms yes, of grit. Yes, sir. To perhaps be resilience. A yeah. Yeah. Fighter. Yeah. Uh, that was all training. That was all uh, meticulous of what it took to produce a great fighter. And what I hear you saying, and, and, and this is just one dynamic of mental health, is the technology piece that we got to lean in and really um, be strategic in how we develop the, our kids um, and what kind of ministry we create around there. And let me say this, and then I want to hear your response. Sure. Um, so definitely you're saying to overcome the mental health struggles and that we're, we're fighting against. One of the things that we're going to have to do as parents and uh, church members and ministers of the gospel and leaders is that we're going to have to have more discipline and focus in how we train our kids to offset this uh, crazy, man, this crazy time that we're in. Um, is there any other strategies that we can we could use or we can do? Uh, I know you talked about training. I know you talked about discipline. What what other things that highlights that perhaps we can do? Yeah, I love what you said about going on the offensive, because uh, we definitely have to do defensive things, teaching thing you know things to our kids that they got to guard against. Well, I I think it's the it's it's the just the the other side of the coin. Yeah, it's like okay, now that you know what you're looking at, what you have, now you can infiltrate and begin to make changes. Oh, man, I like that. I mean, because they're the next generation. Yes. Um, uh, Yourself. Bishop, one of the things that, that blessed me the most, and I use my kids because that's the best example I have. Yes, sir. Um, Is when my son, all, like all his music now is Christian music. I'm not saying he's not going to explore and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But he goes on at YouTube intentionally to promote his Christian life but he's doing it man that's powerful because we've he's looked at what other people he's like well if he's doing that for the yeah. devil I can do this for God yeah well that just may be a seed mm -hmm. but if he gets some reinforcement behind that then he can be one out of a million that can go on go into these these uh venues and begin to take these spaces over for god right because i still believe the call for these young people is to go and pursue and, and and uh and overtake you know but we just got to prepare these young people preparation man. we got to prepare bishop you know this you pastor and, and I thank God for the, some of the understanding that he gives me. Just I think it's just for my own sanity. Okay. People come, By the time somebody comes to your ministry on a Sunday, let's just say Sunday to Sunday, they've been indoctrinated by media, television, Facebook, Facebook, Snapchat, before they hear, anything, hear one right. word that come out of your mouth. That's right. You got to deal with all that. Yeah. Children times 10. Yes, yes. So we just can't let them walk around right, right. like nothing is going on. We got to check in and be intentional with these kids and training them. Well, I want to say thank you for tuning in into this episode, Strategies for Mental Health, Leadership, and Family, with my guest, Dr. Antoine Butler. Continue to tune in next week as we continue with this topic. I believe your life is never going to be the same. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Leadership Alliance podcast. We invite you to continue to join us at the intersection of religion, education, and the marketplace as we provide synergy and faith toward the future. Follow us on all podcast platforms and subscribe. Contact Sean Cooper at bishopshawn at gmail.com.
And remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse. Welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I am Bishop Sean Cooper, and I tell you it's a joy to share with you here on Legacy Leadership Alliance. Legacy Leadership Alliance is a podcast dedicated to emerging generations and thought leaders for legacy transference in the marketplace, educational systems, and religious institutions. Legacy Leadership Alliance four points of light are mentorship, PK Alliance, and pastoral infrastructure. Well, I'm very excited once again to be with my dear friend, Pastor, great man of God, Antoine Butler, CEO and founder at Dream Big Counseling Consulting and Training Service. As I stated before, he has a uh, PhD in philosophy and theology. He's a husband, he's a pastor, he's a father, um, he's a community leader. And I'm so honored, man, I'm just so honored to have uh, such great, just a great person with me. We want to talk about this, the struggles of mental health. Now, we've already talked about family, talked a little bit about leadership, uh, parenting, responsibility, uh, how do you guard your children so that they don't have to fall into the mental, just the mental struggle. But I want to kind of get into some of the more detail uh, in terms of mental health that a lot of people are going through. Um, and of course, in ministry as well, as leaders and pastor, um, it seems to me, it seems to me that people are under greater pressure. What do you think are the causes of this mental health crisis that we're going through as a nation? Yeah. Well, I mean, quite obviously, we're, we're I don't even know if we're post-pandemic, mid-pandemic. Um, you know, just the pressures and stresses of people trying to get work-life balance back, significant losses. You know, Pastor, I, I, I met a pastor who lost 39 members in one month. Yeah. In one month. One month. Um, one of my members lost a um, lost his mother. He had coronavirus, so he couldn't go into the hospital. So I had to go in, get suited up, and let him make peace with his mother through my cell phone. Hmm. Um, you know, and so that in itself, on top of the things that we were already struggling with economic, uh, economically, uh, there's been social unrest. You, you know what was going on with yeah. you know, stuff like George Floyd, and I think just a compilation of those things are just you know they're still present issues yeah and then for our for our young people not intentionally but i think there was a bit of a void in paying attention to mm -hmm. them because we were so busy trying to get back on right. our feet and so we kind of left them to handle some of their own interpersonal conflicts mm -hmm. and so we're seeing the result of some of that these kids were in the pandemic too so so what do you think we need to do because um there, there's got to be a response yes. to these mental health crises. Yeah. I think a mental health situation is one thing, but then a mental health crisis right. is a whole different definition. That's leading to suicide. That's leading to chronic depression. That's leading to um, isolation, habitual isolation. Yeah. I've seen even some of my people go through a mental health crisis. I mean, they were like stronger as iron. But the last four years, it, 
it did something to them. Mm. And as a leader and a pastor, I'm preaching the word, but I recognize that I, I'm have to be more strategic in creating ministry that target and deal with those mental health issues. Um, and I know a lot of pastors and leaders perhaps are where I am. What do you think is the best response to that as a pastor and a leader? Is there any strategic type of ministry uh, that we need to do to be able to meet that need? Yeah, so I think um, just a, a few steps. One is um, whenever there's a crisis or there's an issue, period, I think anybody who says that they're a, a leader, saved or unsaved, and if you are saved, I think our first, uh, the first thing we should do is take individual responsibility. And so that may just be me getting, um, me becoming educated and aware um, of what's going on with, with mental health. Um, I'll tell you, um, me taking some individual responsibility, a little bit of what I've done. I trained my church on mental health. I made it a part of ministry. Mm -hmm. And I love to hear you say mental health because a lot of times I come into the room, people say mental illness. And when people say that, it isolates a group. But when I say mental health, that's all of us. Right? So um, I think that's a, a very significant point you said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm listening. Um, and so what I have done is trained a team of individuals. These, not all people who got education background in mental health, but people who are willing to learn. And so we have teams. So I've created a, like a little program uh -huh. on how to help people who may come into your ministry who have uh, mental health challenges. And so that team is responsive to people who may be struggling with, with mental health issues. And then we've just normalized that okay. uh, as a part of our ministry. And so what has happened is I've worked with quite a few churches, the region who I've reached out to or either reached out to me and say, hey, do you all, pe do you all have people in your ministry who's trained to help people with mental health? I've actually did some training with districts, uh, did, some, did some training with uh, organizations on the state level, with churches on the individual level to uh, bring those mental health programs into their church and to also train identified staff uh, that's a part of the ministry. Man, that's that is so incredible. So that's that's uh, I think just being educated, starting there, and then Bishop, all of us going to have to become outreach. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we got to we got to start going to people. People right. are not going to come to us. We got to start going to people. Now I, you, you said so much uh, in that response. Um, first thing I want to ask you is, uh, do you have the model set up at this particular time that other churches or other tr training dynamics that you can offer to other churches and other pastors? That's the first one. The second question is, when you say we're going to have to go to the people, now, now you're talking about a whole different evangelistic strategy, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's not, you know, people come to church right. and just, you know, singles ministry meeting, right. the marriage ministry meeting, right. things of that nature. What, you, what I hear you saying is that there's a whole shift in the need of ministry right. and how you meet the need. Right. That now it's more dealing with the mental, the mind, the internalness of the emotions and, and um, how do we pour the oil to right. get them healed? Right. Well, we got to go to them because some of them are not coming. Because some of them are in the house with a tablet and depressed, right? And they're not coming out. 
Is that what you're saying? That's that's what I hear. What the, e saying. the essence of what I'm saying. But whenever I, I, I normally say that people, I think the first thing that comes to people's mind is a group of people going to a, a set of people. Right. I think eventually that's where we leave, but that's not where we start. When I mean we go to people, it, I, I wasn't in church at this point, but I've, I've, I've avidly studied church history. There was a time where we trained people, where salvation was... Yeah. The driving for we got to get people yeah. saying we created cars all that. That's right. And so we train people. When you leave here, yeah, you got to get somebody saying. That's right. We go knock on the doors. I mean, I I, I get it. I, I get that's how I was raised in ministry as an individual. And and if somebody slammed the door, you you praise God because you were rejected. That's right. For His name. For His name's sake. <laughs> it was a badge of honor. That's right. I take the same card. It don't got salvation on it, but it's got mental health tips. Yeah. If your if your brother he's been in that room for two weeks ain't came out, mm -hmm. you want to say something you don't know what to say. But I'm trained to teach you how to teach you what to say. Yeah, that's what I mean. Exactly. That's outreach. Mm -hmm. And so if we can get individuals doing that, mm -hmm. right, and then we can start creating momentum. You always talk about momentum. We can start creating momentum. Yeah. To now doing creating smaller silos and then bigger opportunities, mm -hmm. people seeing saying the same thing. And so when we start going to get these people, starting to going to help these people, that's what I'm talking about. They're not coming to us. There are things that the church can do on macro levels, creating apps, programs so that people can download and stuff like that. The government does that; they're taking advantage of that. But we got to get individuals. Yeah, yeah. So the the what you're saying. Um, and I totally understand it. I just want to, because yes, I want our audience to really grasp this, because this is a wonderful opportunity, you know, for the body of Christ and, and the, the kingdom. And so you're saying that every ministry or congregation need some type of mental health ministry outreach or therapists or um, some type of practice where people that's inside of the four walls of that ministry and even those that are not, and they may have a uh, mental health on it, on their badge, but it's slash ministry as well. Um, how do, I know for us, we have some counselors, we have some mental health counselors. That's a um, but it's, it's not as shaped. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I want it to be. Right. Um, I think God is moving the middle because there was a time mm. that it was like, this is my career field, and then this is my ministry. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's no longer a separation. It, it never should have been. But we created, you know what I mean, like my professional, you know, this is what I do professionally, but ministry-wise. I'm off duty. I'm off duty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to church. I'm, not, I'm going to hear the word. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. But when you look at Joseph, when you look at Nehemiah Come on. and Daniel and yeah. all these guys that had political positions and uh, positions of authority and power slash prophet slash, yeah. you know, uh, man of God. Um, and that's all in the scripture. But we've created a separation. <clears throat> but I think now, like you're saying, God has forced <laughs> us. We no longer can operate that way. Tell, tell me what that looked like for you. No, you no, you you hit it. We separated minister and medicine, priest and prescription. You know they, these things were you were supposed to be able to find help in all arenas in God's house. It yeah. was it was the pillar and ground of the truth. We have separate. We we have to have a a, a place. 
one of the things I'm trying to do in my ministry is to slow boat to China, but I'm seeing amazing results. Yeah. The book of Acts said people would bring their stuff and lay it at the apostles' feet, and they would disseminate it right, as right. needed. We always just think it's physical property mm -hmm. and money. Mm -hmm. No, that's your gifts. Yeah. You bring your gifts and then we learn how to disseminate. Okay, you got a gift to work with people who are struggling mm -hmm. emotionally. How can we use that? And I don't necessarily mean somebody who's trained in just mental health. I can take the gift of mercy and the gift of compassion and put you on the team. That's it. Right. So so I think we we make a call for that. Yeah. across our pulpits mm -hmm. we normalize that as a normal part of our practice mm -hmm. pastors become vulnerable well friend i pray that you've been enjoying legacy leadership alliance podcast i wanted to take a moment and chime in to see if you would partner with legacy leadership alliance and you say how can i do that bishop cooper how can i partner with legacy leadership alliance well first of all if you can take the link copy and send it to your Twitter feed, Facebook. You can even copy the link and email it to leaders. We all need to be inspired on this leadership journey. The second, please subscribe and leave a review. That would be helpful. Well, let's go back into the podcast. Be blessed. About their own mm -hmm. issues. Leaders become vulnerable about their own struggles. Then people who are on the back row start going to the middle row and eventually to the front row. And they don't mind filling out the paperwork or going online to, and to sign up to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think those things have to be systematically integrated into, into our part of worship. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the pastor has to be the got initiative. to be. Okay. He and, don't have to be the guy doing the counseling. Right. Right. He's got to find agencies like yourself. Got to be. Counselors and mental health professionals, but also ministers of the gospel yes, and know how to uh, articulate yes, sir. and operate in those two war worlds effectively. Yes, sir. But he's got to, or they have to pursue right. those mental uh, health agencies like yourself. They have to. Is it a rarity to find you? I mean, it's... Uh, no. Yeah, okay. No, we're everywhere. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've compiled a list of professionals that I send on Facebook. I put it on social media posts. I send it to everybody. You don't have to search. There's programs mm -hmm. in our community. You die, you hit one button, it gives you access. So they're, they're out there. But the leader, whoever that person is, has to be the person mm -hmm. that says it's okay right. to call. Right. That's all people want to hear. That's all. Yeah. Um, let's let's turn, turn um, a little bit here. And let's just talk about leaders. Um, myself, I was raised, now I've been blessed. Um, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Yes, sir. So I've had great leaders, Bishop Filke, Mark, uh, Bishop Filke and Pastor Jordana, and then, of course, Bishop Hooks as well, my father in the gospel. And I've always had somebody to talk to. I've never been to a mental health professional, never. Um, between prayer, fasting, and my father in the gospel, Bishop Filky them, um, it, it's been enough to a certain degree mm -hmm. um, that I don't lose my mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There, there have been days when uh, they had to talk me off the ledge, kind of a deal. Um, so there are bishops and pastors like myself, leaders that's in the kingdom of God, 
they've never talked to a mental health professional, but they need one. Mm. And, um, <laughs> you know, what do you say to people like myself that's never been to counseling, but they're emotionally drained, they're burned out, they don't know any other way but prayer and fasting and moaning in the presence of God. That's all that they've been taught. How do we change that? Because in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Multitude of counsel means probably more than one or two people. That's your friends and your preacher friend. Yeah. Um, what 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 should that look like if they're in my type of situation? Sure. Now my, I've been blessed, even right. though I've had right. you know. But there are some people that don't have nobody. A lot and of we them. know them. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. To to um to emphasize your point, I have pastors. If I said their name, most of the people who listen would probably know them. They yeah. call me because I'm. I get like a, a lot of Nicodemus stuff because I'm a faithful spirit. Yeah. Who call me on Monday and say I barely made it through Sunday. Mm -hmm. Walk me off this ledge from killing myself. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, you can look in the pulpit and we've trained to keep it all together. You know. So I put this on my PowerPoint slides because to answer your question, that really that that takes me two hours to really answer it and get that into the hearts of men. But I put this on the beginning of my PowerPoint slides when I'm doing this with leaders. Change starts with humility when you're a leader. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's starting with humbling myself and saying, I'm an, I am an exhaustible mm -hmm. pool. I don't have everything that I need. And the people that are in my circle might not have everything that I need, but that's okay. I say this to preachers because, you know, we need the scripture and leaders. We need the scripture. First Thessalonians 5 and 23. I heard you quote this. I don't know if it's a podcast on me talking to you. But Paul says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, yes. and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. Bishop, we're tripartite beings. Mm -hmm. We all are spirit. We possess the soul. We live in the body. Our spirit is justified. Our soul is sanctified. One day our body will be glorified. God, God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, deals with our spirit. That's the unborn part of us. That's the part we cannot see. We are responsible for taking care of our physical health. Mm -hmm. Our soulish component is the intermediary between both. That's our mind, will, imagination, emotions, and intellect. Mm -hmm. Your pastor probably can't speak to those five things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mind, will, imagination, emotions, and intellect. But there are people who have God's wisdom mm -hmm. to speak to those five components of your That's life. That's good. They're called mental health experts. Mm -hmm. So let your pastor deal with your spirit. Maybe he can speak to a couple components of your soul. Maybe he has the spiritual insight, to, but he might not be able to give you the practical steps right. to say, make sure that your blood glucose sugar levels are regulated because that controls That's right. your hormones. Make sure you go check your thyroid mm -hmm. because that mimics depression. Make sure that you're hydrated, you're checking your urine. Mm -hmm. He might not be able to say it that way, but somebody who has training and wisdom can. And sometimes, Pastor, let me say this, most of the time, that is what most pastors and leaders are missing, that practical component from somebody who's not per se a spiritual leader. But I see pastors who would do well spiritually, mm -hmm. well physically, but that soulish component. Soulish. And there's a there is a there is a people in the body of Christ that God has put to deal with our soul. Right. And it may not be your pastor. Most of the time it's probably not going to be your pastor. Unless they're fortunate to be somebody like me. I'm in both worlds. That's right. So I can talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. But not every, every pastor is that way. And pastors, don't put don't put that burden on yourself if you can't speak that language. That's right. 
It's not your job to help everybody, but it's your job to get help to everybody. Right. You know, I, I remember <clears throat> when I went through the, the cancer, um, I went through several stages. Um, one, I felt shame. I felt, um, I felt like I was failing. Right. Um, all these emotions and feelings like I never felt before. Um, it was five, well, it was six actual emotions that I was feeling. Um, but the, the one that I felt the most that I was struggling with is vulnerability. Mm. Right. I was because I couldn't change nothing in my own physical power. Right. Generally, everything I've I've done, it has been that part of my effort. Right. Right. But this situation, there was nothing at the moment I can do in my physical capacity to change the outcome, but to be vulnerable and trust God and allow people to serve and help me. That's and right. My wife helped me through the process. Mm. And, you know, this whole Superman syndrome, It'll kill you. It, it, it can really, it can, it can undermine your destiny. Yes, sir. And it's the same way when it comes to mental health professionals as yourself. Um, we as pastors and leaders, um, we can't allow the arrogance mm. and um, false humility. Yes, sir. To blind us that, you know, we don't need help um, in areas. And, and the Lord really taught, uh, mm. you know, taught me some things about that. So let me ask you this, mm. what, um, how can leaders, people that are struggling with mental health uh, crisis uh, contact you, get your information, uh, because it's, it's vital, and I'm so grateful that you're the man of God that you are on the professional side, but also in the ministry side, because you're able to um, have the insight and then also how you grew up, what you went through, you know what I'm saying? That whole dynamic of your life, uh, it's like a beautiful melody and you know, the Lord has anointed you. He's gifted you. He's given you insight. He's given you wisdom. You have information, you got revelation, you got impartation. Um, and there are more people like yourself that God has. Yes. And you're not hidden. Yes. You, it's right in front of us. Yes. But it's almost like our ears have not opened up to this level of ministry that we need mm. because we, we're losing so many leaders. We, mm. and Speaking about pastors, we know a lot of pastors, man, they tapping out. They quitting. They throwing in the towel. They getting on other jobs. Got a good friend just did it. Yeah. Walked away. Yeah, just walked away. So let me ask you this. Um, um Mm. What information can you give us in terms of how to get a hold of you and, and your particular uh, enterprise and yes. what you do? And then we'll, I'm going to do a follow-up question. Sure. Uh, you can email me at dbcounseling. That's D as in David, B as in boy. dbcounseling at outlook.com. Or you can visit my website, uh, dreambigleadership.org. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on pretty much all the social media platforms. Um, so primarily my phone and email it's the best way to get Okay, give me that email one one more time. dbcounseling at outlook.com. Okay. And I will encourage you guys, don't call them. <laughs> I'm doing this as a like my wife. <laughs> but email him. Yeah, email him. 
and and get that information so that you can get some help or or even you know talk uh, to him on strategies and what you need to do not just as a leader in in your business and you may have employees but but in the church as well in the body of Christ um, um, talk to him and and see what you can do to create ministries that extend to the people that are really going through mental health crisis mm. that is really you know it's it's, it's a thing it's real <laughs> man that thing it's is real. real it's real and then you know as we approach the end times you you spoke on this you know thing it's not like things are going to let up that's right i think that we can walk under a greater grace that's right you know as we approach the end times um that god will give us grace to maintain a peace and and also be able to create balance and a natural flow of life that the the critical things that we go through don't dominate cripple stop um or get us to a place that we just lose it uh any final words i know we've been talking for a minute and man i'm so glad you you came on just to chop it up with me a little bit yes sir um you know i, I get this question all the time you know Pastor, like, where do I start? Yeah, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. That's a good question. Like, where, <laughs> where yeah. do I start? And I and I asked that. You know, I asked myself that question for a long time. After a couple of years, uh, the Spirit of God gave me this acronym that I share with everybody. So I share that with Great. the audience. Uh, so I call it Seeds. S E E D S. Seeds. Plant seeds. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So the first S is spirituality. Uh, um, so everybody's got to develop their spiritual life. And what I mean by that. I don't mean religion. Sometimes people think religion is, you know, that religion and spirituality are different. Spirituality simply means that you have a belief that there's something outside of you that's greater than yourself. And for me, that's uh, that's Jesus Christ. So I, I pull my strength from him, prayer, Bible reading, devotion, meditation. Your, your spiritual life must be intact if your mental health is going to be intact. Good. Uh, the second E is uh, efforts, right? You got to give your day a daily discipline. Uh, a lot of times people get in trouble mentally because they have idle time. They don't have uh, a strategy and a plan for the, the precious minutes of their day. And so the devil steals those days. So get you a planner, uh, get you some hobbies, things that you enjoy, uh, get you a calendar, give your plan your day. Isaiah said, command your morning. Right. And so yeah, the, that's good. The third E. Um, it's exercise. I know people don't like me dibbling into that. <laughs> I'm not a medical doctor, but listen, I'm going to tell you something. A body in motion stays in motion. Mm -hmm. um, when you exercise, God has fearfully and wonderfully made us. That's not just curves and hips, right? God understands how we work. When your body moves, there is a chemical release inside of your brain called dopamine. Yeah. Dopamine is the feel-good chemical. It's the chemical that, chemical that helps you stay joyous and happy. There's a reason that you've never seen a depressed gym rat. Right, mm -hmm. because they're always secreting dopamine. Yeah. So if you're moving, gotta move. Dopamine is released. Hmm. Even when you clap your hands, it sends neurochemical signals down your arm into your brain that makes you feel better. God yeah. knew what he meant when he said clap your hands on your people. That's right. That's right. right. So have an exercise routine. That might not necessarily mean a gym membership, but it may mean you going outside walking your dog. Mm -hmm. Right. You gotta have exercise. The D stands for diet. You gotta watch what you eat because you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. Right. So we gotta watch. With foods that are bad for Let's us. Let go of them hot dogs. Yes. <laughs> if you if you want to know what to eat, go to glycemicindex.com. Um, just there's all types of foods that'll make you that that will really kill you again. mentally. Glycemicindex.com. G-L-Y-C-E-M-I-C-I-N-D-E-X.com. Okay. Stay away from those foods that are high in sugar, high in fat. They'll drag you down emotionally. 
Um, they take away, when you eat poorly, it takes away 10% of your ability to think straight. Mm. Right? That's why commercials like Snickers and all that take advantage on those cute little puns. Right. You turn into a bear when you don't have I shouldn't have gave eat. you that, that pile. Well, I didn't eat it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I might cast the calories out of it. Either, <laughs> yes, sir. So the D is for diet. And the last S is sleep, Bishop. Um, we got to have regular sleep patterns. And so for different people, it's different times. Some people... You may need eight. Some people need six. I only need four to five. Mm -hmm. But after four to five, I'm up. Yeah. Right? But the, the job is to establish a regular sleep pattern. If you sleep irregularly, let's say you need five, but tonight you do eight. Tomorrow you do ten. The next day you do two. It's going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. We have something in our brains called a circadian rhythm. If you don't sleep regularly with your patterns, it throws your circadian rhythm off, it drags down your emotions. It'll be hard for you to focus, to feel empathy, compassion, love, remorse, all those types of things. There's a bunch of stuff that happens in our brains that we're causing physically that's not God or the devil. That's right. It's just practical stuff practical that we just stuff. haven't been taught. Wow. And so once you get over age 40 and you don't have regular sleep patterns, it's going to be hard for you to be creative. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, S-E-E-D-S, spirituality, efforts, exercise, diet, and sleep. You can start there and change your life in 30 days. Wow. Hey, listen, that is a lot of information. Man, they need to have you to come. I'm, I'm going to have to have you to come to, to New Christ you know Valley Church to break it down. You know come for you. Yes, this, sir. Is, this is incredible information, man, and it's last day revelation mm. for us to be able to sustain what God has called us to do. Yes, sir. I mean, you have a great vision, but if you don't have the... The, the health, the focus, you can't fulfill what God has called you to do. And that's what the devil's trying to do, manipulate us and hit them areas that are uncultivated, that we haven't grasped the wisdom, but the devil's a liar. Yeah. Well, listen, man, we got to get out of here. But listen, if you would just pray for us, pray for leaders, pray for those that are struggling with mental health, and, yes, and just bless us. Yes, sir. Father, we thank you for the time yes, that's been spent, oh God. I thank you that you are Jehovah Roe, the God that sees every single thing. You said in Matthew 10 and 30, for the very hairs of our head are all numbered. You don't allow one to fall to yes, the ground Lord. without you knowing. You know the hurts, the pains, the, the aches, Lord God, the mental health challenges of your people, oh God. And so I thank you yes, that greater, greater revelation will prevail. We'll be awakened to our senses. The spirit of courage yeah. will fall upon leaders My everywhere God. to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I thank you for your sheep. They know your voice, Lord God. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I thank you for this end-time wisdom, yes, uh, information and knowledge, Lord God, that's going across the land uh, that your word will not come back to you void. I thank you for yes, 2023, Lord God, for the people that will be uh, saved, delivered, and set free because of platforms like this, Lord God, uh, for platforms that you're raising up across this world, Lord God. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor because because your name is the name that's above every name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Butler, for your wisdom, your insight, your love for God, man. We, we appreciate you. Yes, sir. I, I, I my, just love um, you guys. Privilege. You and your wife are just incredible, incredible people. They're the real deal, you guys. And, and listen, get that information. Get that, do that webpage one more time. Yes, sir. So you can find me at dreambigleadership.org. Sorry, that's my ministry page. Go back to my page. AntoineRButler.com. Or you can reach me at dbcounseling at outlook.com. All right, folks, you heard it. Hey, get his information. Get them to your churches, your particular nonprofits, your, um, your business. 
and and let him be a blessing to you. Well, we love you. Remember, you better live by principle <laughs> than to die by impulse. You yes, go with God and be incredibly, incredibly blessed. Yes. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Leadership Alliance podcast. We invite you to continue to join us at the intersection of religion, education, and the marketplace as we provide synergy and faith toward the future. Follow us on all podcast platforms and subscribe. Contact Sean Cooper at bishopshawn at gmail.com. And remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse.